Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Game. I am a reoccurring guest, Evan Donlinger, and I'm joined by... Uh, one of your hosts, Haley Elder. And then one of your other hosts, Jonas Cisneros. Um, and today we're going to be looking into the movie Midsummer. Um, oh, yeah. But before we do that, we can do our, you know, our little question to fall in love with each other. Yeah. Um, so the question today is, if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either your mind, wait, either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? I think, I thought about this for a little bit, and now I could really uh, cheat on this question and be like, well, if your body is neurologically that of a 30-year-old, your brain will also be, and so your mind would be that of the Uh, 30-year-old. Body is just all-encompassing. But I guess if I don't want to be a Debbie Downer (laughs) on that... (laughs) Um, I'm going to pick body, just because it's like, if I can do everything I want to do, even if I'm a little cuckoo in the head, I think I'd have a good time. I agree. I think that, like, I just want to feel good, you know? And not even about, like, looking young or anything, but, like... I mean, also that. (laughs) Like, I don't know, my grandma is, like, 95 right now, and she, like, is, like, just adjusting to people, like, doing things for her. And, like, I think that's kind of, like, it's not really what I want for myself in it. I feel like I would rather just, like, you know, be a little forgetful and a little cuckoo and um, still be able to, like, do yoga and, like, go on runs and And still be, like, hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I definitely agree with both of you. Um, I also feel like uh, if you keep your mind for 60 years, I feel like it's not very, like, I just feel like you'd be stagnant. It's kind of a bummer. Literally, (laughs) like, it would just... Like, imagine being as sharp as you are when you're 30, but then, like, not being able to do anything. And it's, like, another 60 years, so you'd be living to be 150. That's, like, Edward Cullen level, like, depression. Well, isn't it, like... No, no, you would start at 30. 30 Oh. I thought you, like... I thought I thought it was like Benjamin Button over here. Um so it was I thought it was like okay at 90 you get to live another 60 years with the brain or the mind of a 30-year-old. No, you'd be starting at 30. Why would they do that? You age what? until you're 90 and then you go back to 30. <laughs> I'm a little stupid. <laughs> be nice to me. I just I'm confused. I'm That's sorry. all. Anyways, I retract my statement. Um, I still think it would be a bummer. Yeah. I'm a big believer in ignorance is bliss. Take the blue pill. Never take the red pill. I Never. think I would take the red pill. I wouldn't. I'd be like, keep that away from me. But the blue pill pill is just like boring. It, but it's happy. Is it? It's content. Is it? Look. It, and then I feel like. If I took the blue pill, I would just spend the rest of my life thinking, was that real? And I'd just, like, eat myself alive over the fact of, like... You'd forget about it. It would be a dream, but, like, I would remember the dream. No, you wouldn't. Your brain, like, the way memory works, you would lose it so fast. That's fair. But there there have been dreams recently where the line is kind of blurred. I mean, I get that. 
I do be having weird dreams. I also do Wild. be having weird dreams. But it's like, you know what? All I'm saying is, if, like, human <laughs> life is just some kind <laughs> of, like, 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 alien power factory and we're all just, like, non-sentient beings living this, like, simulation, like, I don't want to know it's a simulation. Like, I just want to live my human life and, like, experience what I'm experiencing right now and, like, grow up and experience everything. Like, I don't need to know, like, the truth. I don't care, you know? That's fair. It's a little depressing, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Do you have any relationship updates for us, Evan? Me? Yeah. No. There well. might be some in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, yeah. Evan's just a fucking Casanova over here. <laughs> Lady killer. <laughs> From what I've been told, yes. Um, yeah, no. I'm on Tinder trying. Oh. Trying for what? Trying for what? What are your intentions on Tinder, Evan? Trying, trying to get laid. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> As I said in the last episode, which was two weeks ago, so this not much still, progression. Still trying to get like, um, have I told you guys that when I was on Tinder, um, I would screenshot people that I knew when I would come across them, and then keep them in like a special album in uh, my like photos. So <laughs> it, is, it is a little inter- interesting to see like it's like funny them on that side. I'm just like. Them trying to brand themselves like on a dating all app. Low. Like we're all the same <laughs> amount of love. Yeah. No. Yeah. I saw people that we all know. <laughs> I just thought I'd put that out there, but those days are over. She's a taken broad now. Indeed. So sad. What about you two? Any relationship updates? I went to Bala's last night. Cute fall date. Cute. So fun. Um, and then we watched Midsummer. <laughs> yeah. Those are my updates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sinking further into domesticity. The I spent the whole weekend at his place, and he hung curtains while I cooked dinner. Like had power tools out and like was doing things, and I cooked dinner. <laughs> Fun. I'm like, what? Glorious, if Gloria Steinem could see me now, she would kick me. And, like, as she should. But I guess, it, but domestic life's pretty gnarly. It's pretty great. Honestly, I agree. I don't, I don't know why I was ever against it. I don't know why I was ever Maybe because I didn't have, like, a parental father figure. So I was like, you know, we don't need men. So I was like, they, they're they all terrible and we can't rely on them. And we can you know, and then it's like, oh, one man hangs one curtain rod. And now I'm fucking Betty Crocker. Like... Okay, can I say something that happened while I was watching Midsummer? Yes. But please. it's it's a spoiler alert, so if you have not seen the movie, um Stop. Yeah, and I'm also just gonna skip right to the end of the I'm movie. I'm gonna spoil But we can get to yeah. it. Yeah. Let's let's just like get the into entire it. show is the entire episode is a spoiler. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just get I thought you were okay, okay. So <laughs> I was watching the movie with Mark last night and 
Um, so, you know, they, the boyfriend, uh, like, Christian. has sex with Maya, and then he dies, and That's they were like, okay, so what, like, was he just, like, being used for, like, reproducing so that, like, they could break the bloodline or whatever? And then he was like, I was like, yeah, like, probably. And then he was like, that's, like, what ants do. And I was like, wow, like, go off ants. That's bad as fuck. <laughs> and Mark goes, Mark, like, got so upset. And he was like, he was like, why would you say that? And he was like, what did you say? Did you just say, like, go off? Like, why? Like, and I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, a whole species just decided that they don't need men anymore. Like, good um, for them. Yeah. When are we going to get there? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just thought that was a little funny. The pop-off. Yeah. I, I, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Do we need men? No. <laughs> no okay, look, I, you know, we, don't, we don't need them. We don't we need them, but, but I like, like some of them. But, like, it's kind of nice not having to do things. Sometimes the patriarchy can benefit you. I will be uh, resorting to benevolent sexism. Like, I'm, a, I'm an independent woman until my car tire pops. <laughs> I'm an independent woman until my planning has problems. At which point, it is Betty Crocker. <laughs> I feel like I'm never an independent woman. Just <laughs> out there, I'm like, uh... You're like, should we even vote? Can you just give me a ride? Like, I, I should not be able to have my license. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We had to... So, on uh, Saturday... Me and Cody and then two of my friends who are going through it right now, Mercury and Retrograde, be hidden. We were all going to go on, like, a much-needed bar crawl. Um, but uh, it was the game day, and I had to go pick up my friend at the bottoms. And when we were in the bottoms, right after the game ended, we were all like, no. No, we can't do this. So we picked up and drove in my car. I drove, which uh, gave everybody trauma because <laughs> I'm not a good driver we drove to Benson to go bar crawl just to avoid like Nebraska people um, so you went to Omaha Nebraska <laughs> well, like Huskers I meant Husker people I'm tired <laughs> but we avoided Husker people um, and everybody was like Jonna, you cannot drive out ever again like you why are you allowed like who let you drive <laughs> I, like, hit, like, three cars. Oh, God. I'm like, oh, it's fine. I got my car, like, a month ago, and the bottom of the front bumper is already hanging off because I've ran into the car or something. (laughs) 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 But besides that, I'm a good driver. Yeah. Uh Look, uh, you're either hot or you're good at driving. Or you're a man, and you... <laughs> a hot take, men are better drivers. I hate to admit it. <laughs> but, but men are better drivers. I mean, I cannot drive. My car is currently uh, sitting dead in a parking lot because the, there's something in my car that's just eating at the battery, and we don't know what it is, so it's just sitting there. And I walk everywhere. So it's fine. Do you need a ride? <laughs> I walk home every day. I'll give you a ride. We can, yeah, we can. I also use the bike service that they have down here, which is so nice. Do you have the pass? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I did when I didn't have a car. 
It's really nice. I will admit. The electric bikes also. I'm like, I could go anywhere. It's so much fun. I could go to Omaha right now. It's so much fun. Well, that was fun. Do you want to get into the movie? Do we? Let's get into the movie. Okay, so I um, copied and pasted this plot line from IMDb because <laughs> I realized that I'm pretty bad at putting plots into words. And this movie had, like, a pretty chaotic one, so I felt like, Fair. how could I do that? Um, I don't know. So thanks for uh, thanks to A24 releasing on IMDb for this plot. <laughs> so the movie is about Danny, played by Florence Pugh. Love her. Um, and Christian, played by Jack Raynor, I don't know how to say his last name. Indeed. And they're a young couple with a relationship on the brink of falling apart. Perfect for us to dive into, obviously. Um, but after a family tragedy keeps them together, Christian invites a grieving Danny to join him and his friends on a trip to a once-in-a-lifetime midsummer festival in remote in a remote Swedish village. I'm so mad at reading out loud. We're just going to keep going through it. What begins sinister turns into the insular villagers. <laughs> I mean, their guests to partake you in skipped fe- the whole line. Oh, did I really? <laughs> okay, let me continue. What begins as a carefree summer holiday in the East European land of eternal sunshine takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in festivities that render the pastoral the pastoral Paris paradise increasingly unnerving and viscerally disturbing. Maybe, maybe I should read this before I copied and pasted yeah. it because uh, these words do not come in my vocabulary very easy. It's like so no much vernacular. What? So no thanks to IMDb. Basically, so can I just go through it? I feel go like ahead. I can explain it. Okay, so essentially our main character is Danny, played by Florence Pugh, who mm-hmm. experiences a very prominent tragedy in which both of her parents and her sister die um, as the result of her sister, who is very mentally unstable, uh, killing them and herself in the process, purposefully. Um, she is grieving, and it's a couple months later, and her shitty boyfriend, uh, what's his name again? Christian? Yeah. Who, um, like, at the night that her parents and sister die, is, like, contemplating breaking up with her. Because, and he's, yeah. like, he's going to. Yeah. And his friends are also terrible. We'll get into it. Anyways, um... She's grieving. He invites her to this, like, thesis trip to a remote part of Sweden, um, a very rural village that has very, like, uh, specific practices, we'll say. It's giving very Amish vibes. Um, Because their friend, who is a study abroad student, is from this village and is Mm -hmm. taking them there uh, for, like, a cultural thesis, I think in, like, anthropology or psychology or whatever. Um, so they go to Sweden, um, they experience these practices, uh, everyone essentially dies, um, Yeah, like, they get... Well, the, the, Florence Pugh does not, um, and... She gets crowned, uh, May Queen. Because of her dancing. And because of her, she's a tank when it comes to psychedelics. That's true. That's what that was. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... 
Yeah, and they're all, like, all the ways that they died were, like, all... They were all murdered. They were all symbolic. Well, no, yeah, they, were, they, were all so they were murdered. So this cult, this village is a cult. They were murdered by this cult as the Midsummer Festival. Uh, turns out the guy, Pele, who was from this village taking these college grad students uh, to his hometown for their thesis... Um, it was all a ritual to, like, lure people in, and the murders were ceremonial in order to ensure, like, good harvest and fertility and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then the last part of this ceremony is crowning May Queen, which ends up being Florence Pugh. Yes. Um, that's essentially it. It's very symbolic. Um, just a show of hands, who was indoctrinated by the movie? Because I was. To the Swedish cult? So when, who ended the movie and was like, good for her? I, okay. Because I did. <laughs> I did the first time when I watched it, but then the second time I watched it, I was like, early, go to a counselor. I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> but, so, like, I, I rooted for her at the end in the way of just, like, yes, she got over her shitty boyfriend that it took so long to get over him, and, like, she finally, like, took action, like, upon herself to be like, yes, I am... I am the main character of my story, and I am taking, like, I'm taking charge, essentially. She was indoctrinated. Yes. And she was indoctrinated because she was the perfect candidate. She uh, had very, like, she didn't have a whole lot of willpower. She didn't have a very prominent community. Even her friends and the friends of her boyfriend uh, were not supportive and terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they isolated her from that by murdering them and then gave her the sense of community and the sense of family, something that she probably didn't even have in childhood, knowing how unstable her sister was. She was probably the good child who was emotionally neglected because she wasn't difficult. Um, she finally got that sense of family and community that she'd never had before, and that was therein. Uh to indoctrinate her you know that's why when like Pele's talking with her and he actually looks at her and uh, and he's like I was an orphan too exactly it was all cult rhetoric yeah like it it is very manipulative it is but also good for her (laughs) like yes because now she'll go on she has this family she never had she had this community she never had and honestly most of her friends deserve to die especially Christian I think only Christian Christian deserve to die I the big guy (laughs) Eyebrows. Eyebrows deserve to die. He deserved Because he was worse. I think I What did he do? He was the one that was like, dude, your girlfriend's not having sex with you. You need to break up with her. And he's like, yeah, her parents just died. I don't care, man. Like, that was like three months ago. And also, like, the entirety of the time there in Sweden, he's like, oh my god, these Swedish babes. Oh my god. Like, we Maybe I missed those parts. He did. He really Maybe deserved. it's just because his name was Mark. I have a <laughs> Someone said, like, hey, Mark, and you're like, no. I love him. No, he definitely, I have a theory that Mark actually had a crush on Christian, and that's why he was constantly trying to sabotage him and Danny's relationship. Um, I just get those vibes. I don't know why, but I just have that vibe. Um. Yeah. You know, I so there's. I was talking to. Evan. I never got that vibe. I just like smelt it. I don't know something about <laughs> it. I was like, I'm something. Well, because like, I feel like when, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like when 
guy, like, friends of, like, your boyfriend, if their friend, if your boyfriend's friends, like, actively dislike you and are, and for no reason, and are actively like, dude, you just, you just need to break up with her. Like, you need to break up with her. Um, out of nowhere. I think, is, I think you're putting I, 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 <laughs> I just smiled at her because I was like, hmm, sounds familiar. I know. I was like, oh, never mind. I'm projecting. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, yep. Yeah, I think we can drop that yeah, point. Yeah, we can drop that point. I, I disagree. Just that was mine. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Anyways. Um. Okay, but in that time, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, so I feel like after Danny's parents died, like she really did just like depend on Christian for a lot. Like she would just like sob into his arms for hours, and then. Also, like, was not very affectionate, like, wasn't very... Like, which is understandable, like, dealing with trauma, but it just seemed like Christian was not the right place to place those emotions because he was also, like, emotionally unavailable before all of that. But that... It doesn't matter if he was emotionally unavailable. They were in a committed relationship. And part of the caveat of being in a committed relationship is that you are there for your partner for those moments. But he was about to break up with her. Yes, she didn't know that, and that was his fault for not breaking up with her. You shouldn't stay with someone out of pity because, yeah. like, their family just died. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to break up with them, break up with them. Um, so her relying on him in, I think, in a way that I think is very normal for a couple that is probably around the age of, like, 24, 25, when following such a prominent trauma... As far as she knew, he was her boyfriend and always was her boyfriend. He wasn't trying to break up with her or was thinking about breaking up with her. She was just like, I have no one. I have my boyfriend. I'm going to lean on him a little bit, as anybody does in very difficult times. I do think her character needs therapy. Yes. Like, that's what I was getting like, at. She like, does. 100%. But I don't think Like, you don't hurts. need a fun trip to Sweden. You need... I mean, therapy and Sweden. Like I maybe Sweden after a little bit of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like see, I so I was talking to Evan about this. One of my favorite podcasts that I was. I can't believe that you guys talk without me. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not allowed to be friends, friends outside of the no. podcast. Um, but I was talking with Evan about this. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts is called Popcorn Psychology, and it's these three uh, like practicing uh, mental health professionals who psychoanalyze movies. And so they did an episode on Midsummer, um, And they talk about how uh, Danny uh, has a lot of symptoms of kind of like the neglected child syndrome. Uh, and they kind of hypothesize that uh, she was never allowed to feel her feelings uh, because the entire focus growing up was going, was all on her sister who it was alluded to was unstable throughout their development. And so because of that, she kind of grew up not really knowing how to express emotion um, or express boundaries and with a heavily anxious attachment style. And that leads to someone like Christian, who even they said it, three mental health professionals um, were like, he shows a lot of signs of narcissism, like actual narcissism. Those are statistically the people that narcissists gravitate to. It's people that are high anxiety and high insecure attachment styles uh, because they make 
the narcissist their world. So she needed therapy before she met Christian and before she lost her entire family because she was the safe child but was never allowed to feel safe. And so then just tacking on Christian, prominently manipulating her, and then her family dying horribly and then being indoctrinated into a cult. Like, she needed therapy therapy before (laughs) all this. Yeah. You know? Everyone could use a little bit of therapy. Yes. I think we've said this in every single podcast that I've been on. We're pro pro therapy podcast. Yes. 100%. Well, also, it's because main characters are only main characters because they need therapy. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be a Andy movie if they Cl- didn't it wouldn't be a movie therapy. if they didn't need therapy. Most movies wouldn't happen if the main characters just went to therapy. Yeah. You know. That's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Also, do we, do we want to talk about how uh, Christian just completely neglects? both the mental health of Danny and her sister right before... And invalidates it. Yes. Incredibly. Like, oh, your sister does this all the time. Like, isn't she bipolar or something? First of all, what if... I hate when movies do that, when they're Mm -hmm. like, bipolar people are absolutely fucking insane, Uh, crazy people, mentally ill people are crazy and violent. This would not happen. Like, that is not how this would happen in reality, but it's a movie. Um, and the way he invalidates that and Danny's anxiety is such a clear sign that he just so clearly does not care about this person. Yeah. Like, such a lack of empathy is prominent. Um, they probably met, like, did it, did the movie specify when they met? Mm, I don't think so. Weren't they, like, kind of a new relationship? No. No, they were, like, together for, like, three years. Yeah, and then, like, I remember Mark, the eyebrows guy like, said, for the past, like, six months or whatever, like, during their relationship. So, like, it's been happening for at least six months. I think they were together for, like, a couple of years. That's what I was thinking. From what I remember of the movie and what I remember of listening to the podcast episode. Um, yes. So I think they were not... So they probably met when they were both really young. Danny was probably incredibly manipulatable and very feeble, flying under the radar, etc., and Christian was probably, you know, so lively and such a good, you know, so confident and so this and so that. Like, all of the things that, you know, people just looking for a structure kind of fall for. Um, and then she was just too afraid to be alone to break up with him and just tolerated this horrendous treatment. And then he just used her until he didn't feel like he could use her anymore. Like, she was an object to him. Yeah. Which is why he never expressed, uh, like, when they first get to Sweden and uh, they're, it's the first time they're taking psychedelics, um, and she has that, like, flashback to her sister, and she excuses herself into the restroom and has a panic attack. Um, there is nothing in him that is even a little concerned. There, literally, that happens so many times throughout the movie. Like yeah. right after they see the people jump off the cliff, and she's like, "I cannot be here right now. Like, yeah. I, like I'm gonna freak out." And he was like, "Okay, like just go on, do your own thing. Like, go spend yeah. some time by yourself." Like, and then is like goes up to his friend and rips off his thesis right after while yeah. his girlfriend's freaking out. Yeah. 
Like, that is just such a, like, going nowhere nothing man. Like, not even original enough to come up with his own thesis. Ripping off his friend, dragging his traumatized girlfriend to Sweden, and then, like, trying... Because, correct me if I'm wrong, when they, like, go to Sweden, when it's, like, kind of a plan... He's like, oh, I'm going to Sweden. She's like, oh, you didn't tell me about that. And he kind of, like, gaslights her a little bit. Yeah. He's like, I thought I did tell you that. I told you about it last week. And she's like, you really did it. <laughs> and then to avoid the conflict, he's like, well, you can just come. And then his friends are like, dude. Like, yeah. just... Scummy, so terrible, not an original thought in his teeny tiny little male brain. Also, Florence Pugh's hot. Danny's hot. Danny could have done so much. Da- Danny should have gotten with Pele. I will die on that hill. What? Yeah. Do you think he was any better than Christian? I. He was hotter. I think Pele I, appears better. Like, on the surface, he's like, oh, he's more supportive of Danny and, like, he will care about her, but also he indoctrinated her into a Swedish cult. Look, good for her. <laughs> like,. All I'm saying is, if I no. was <laughs> like backing up, I All right. disagree. I don't think that she should have been with any of the males in this movie. Oh my god! Um, yeah. No, no, of course not. Realistically, no. But for the sake of the hypothetical in the movie, like Doesn't she's gonna go on live as May Queen in this cult probably get with some hot Swedish man and then, like, raise kids and, like, make cheese and bread and butter. Like, I, it sounds really simple and, like, good for her. You know? I disagree. <laughs> I would join a cult so fast. I, I know. I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I don't think that that is a good idea for anyone out there listening. Um, don't join a cult. Yeah, don't, don't join a cult just because the guy who wants you to join that cult is kind of a little bit more attractive than your boyfriend, you know? Yeah, like, don't, don't <laughs> do that. Don't do that. I feel like he was also manipulative and yes. also... Oh, he like, absolutely was. Like, he was just better at pulling it He off. literally brought four people to their death for yeah. for his village. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, but also, Haley <laughs> grew, grew up being indoctrinated as well. Okay, but also, he had, like... 18 to 36 like that age range he had all that time to get out of it when you're developing and be like whoa that's pretty messed up like uh maybe we shouldn't do that anymore okay look humans are so suggestible think about the millions of people that make ridiculous decisions based off of indoctrination from religion let alone the kind of intense indoctrination that occurs within a small cult that is broken off from the world so if the basis of their indoctrination is like the world will try to change you the world will try to get under your skin and you just can't let it even that 18 to 36 when they go out on their little like swedish rumspringa they're still gonna think like this is exactly what the elders told me like humans are not that smart nor are we that free thinking we're communitarian animals that want to be part of a group of people. Let's not let's not give ourselves too much credit here. Anybody can be indoctrinated. Even I feel really. like I don't think I could be indoctrinated into this group. Um, but that's all. So you think you'd die in the cult because they see that they're not going to indoctrinate you, and so they anybody can be indoctrinated if they use the right language and manipulation tactics. That's true. 
humans are so suggestible. Like it's if that if there's one thing I'm learning from my psych degree. Okay, but even even though it wasn't like his own like thoughts that are causing mm-hmm. him to act this way, like he still did it. Like but he's is still he, in the wrong. So that's the hypothetical. If somebody is indoctrinated and doing something believe because they believe it is the right thing and because they are unaware that it is morally wrong can they really be held accountable because their perception is intrinsically skewed? They're not seeing reality. Those are the same grounds that people are ruled innocent on point of insanity. Okay, he literally brought these people to their death. Yes, but he thought he was... I'm not defending He thought he was doing something good for other people. Nothing good for these people. Yes, but if if you grow up and you're told that those other people don't matter... The only thing that matters is your cult, essentially. That's how Charles Manson, like, killed Sharon Tate. Like, it, all I'm saying is, if we look at this from the perspective of, like, this isn't just someone who is evil and wants to do harm. This is an evil concept that is an immoral cult and, vi- and violent one at that, convincing people that violence is the answer. Like, this is more of a, like, macro-level issue, but the individuals can't be held accountable for their own indoctrination. You know? Hmm. I feel like... I feel like Christian would still probably be my pick out of the two. I I feel like... Oh, I... Well, Christian would be the pick. I'm not defending... I'm not, like... I'm not, like, oh, my God, Pele is, like, my husband. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, like... Not necessarily the evil one either. And Christian did everything because he's shitty. Pele yeah. did everything because he's But maybe Christian was also indoctrinated into this. Christian was probably traumatized and neglected as a child. That's almost always how narcissism forms. So yeah. But also and he's also incapable of empathy, so he probably doesn't understand the damage that he does to Danny and his friends around him. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you know, can we also judge Christian for being shitty. I think we can. I think we can for Christian. But why not for Pele? Because he was literally, like, his perception of reality is wrong. Like, he does not see the reality that you and I see. But he had time to. If he was heavily indoctrinated, he's not gonna. That's why Rumspringa always always results with the Amish boys coming back. Because they're like, everything the elders told me is right. Like, it's it's ingrained. Okay, <laughs> moving on. We're not going to agree on this point. <laughs> um, so, do you guys think that Christian deserved to die? Yes. yes. Hot take. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. In the exact way he did, too. It was so satisfying. Okay, when I first watched this movie, I didn't really know what was going on, and I just thought it was a pretty movie. And then last year, I made Mark dress up as Christian, and I dressed like up... As the May Queen, and I watched it again, and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no way. Did he have, like, the bear suit and everything? So he actually had a dog suit from a music video that he made, but it looked like a bear suit. Um, so, and he put little googly eyes on it and, like, some teeth and, like, some blood on his face. So That is so yeah. funny. Yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but our costumes were really good. I was watching the movie and I was like, "Damn, we looked exactly like them." Like, <laughs> also, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
minutes. Yes, Christian deserved to die. Moving on. True. Do we have any thoughts on why? Why he deserved to die? Yeah. Um, one, he slept with, like, a 12-year-old. He was he, also heavily yeah. influenced on psychedelics and not in control of his own body. That is true. That was non-consensual. Yes. But also, when he, like, came down from his high, he immediately attached to the first woman that showed him any sort of affection. Like, I remember in the introduction of, like, everyone dancing around on, like, that little snake. They call it Skin the Fool, which is foreshadowing for later in the movie when they skin Mark, who's a piece of garbage. Anyways. Also deserved yes. to die. Um, Wait, I didn't even get that. Oh, my God. Movie I, I, pick up on this. I pick up on this. Um, but, yeah, when they were, like, doing that whole dance and she, like, sort of kicks Christian mm-hmm. and then, like... Like, he sees that sort of connection. Like, he immediately latches onto that. Wait, like, okay, did you guys catch on to the comic at the beginning and, like, the yes. love potion? That that whole thing yes. explained the movie. Okay, because yes. Mark did not, and Mark was so confused and so upset. And then I pointed it out, and he was like, how did you know that? Did you, like, watch a YouTube video about it or something? And I was like, no, they spent, like, five minutes going they through did. a comic. No, everything, that's what I love about Ari Aster films. Love Ari Aster. Everything has a meaning. Mm-hmm. I personally think Hereditary is better. Oh, I love Hereditary, and I also think it's better. Anyways. Yeah, I agree. I was really disappointed when I saw Midsummer the first time because I was like, "Hereditary was so good." Um, and what is what did I just watch? What's what's probably some other bonkers film with some lady screaming and crying, and then also being indoctrinated into some cult. What is it with him and indoctrination? That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's what's like horrific. Yes. Like it's scary how easily humans are indoctrinated. That's sort of like the like, the new branch of horror with, like, remember how in, like, the... There's always, like, sort of waves that horror comes in with, like, different... It reflects society's issues. Like, post-9-11, horror movies changed entirely. It was very, like, popular to make movies about, like, this unseen force that you can't, like, pin down, Mm -hmm. uh, terrorizing the nuclear family... Um, and that represented the fear of terrorism post 9-11. Yeah. Um, they changed again in 2008 following the recession. Um, and now indoctrination is very common in a lot of, like, postmodern horror movies. Oh, wait, I never even thought about that. <laughs> because of so, the... Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm learning so much just from listening <laughs> to you guys talk on this podcast. Hey, Evan, do you want to have a movie podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Bring back some Nebraskans, Bring but back exclude Haley. Um, actually, I was looking at our analytics and said no one really So we're not bringing it so back. We're not, Never but mind. they would if we did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the problem wasn't the Nebraskans; it was stick. Uh, like representation of the movie is on like relationships because Christian and Danny's relationship is very realistic like mm-hmm. I know people in that kind of relationship and I've been there so like what do you think with all the pomp and circumstance of this being like a cult and you know trauma and all that like what do you think it is saying what is the real critique of relationships I 
I'm thinking. I am too. I kind of feel like this movie was like a very had like a very individualist view because I don't really feel like any of the relationships provided anyone with anything good. Mm-hmm. Like it was all like for themselves and it was like mm-hmm. like even like Maya when she like fell in love with Christian it was just because she wanted to have a baby like yeah. it wasn't because she liked him or anything mm-hmm. like they and like I don't know like they just didn't do anything for mm-hmm. each other and so that's might be the commentary they're trying that's to make just very yeah. egocentric yeah like if you're grown up in an environment that is does not provide the kind of emotional support that you, as a human, have a right to and are kind of genetically pre-programmed to function in, um, how that can, I guess, like, carry out into almost every other aspect of life. I'm sure there's a lot more symbolism that one can, like, kind of garner from it, but I think the critique on, you know, individualism, communitarianism... You know, relying on people, not going to therapy, you know. All that jazz. All that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with, like, the whole uh, individualist sort of (laughs) ideals that... Like, there's no real, like, I guess, like, the ending couple was sort of Danny and Bailey, but, like, the... It's alluded to. A little bit. It's alluded to. But even then, like, what are they going to provide for each other besides, like, filling out their own roles in this society? I feel like they're going to live in... Because the other thing is, like, with the the use of psychedelics as, like, a spiritual conduit within this cult, Mm -hmm. it is also a way of maintaining uh, complacency with everybody in the cult. It keeps everybody, like, happy. And so, honestly, like, the sad thing is, as much as I would love to say that, like, Danny comes to her senses and, like, somehow, like, Mad Max is out of this Swedish village uh, to society, to civilization and then writes a tell-all, I don't think that happens. I think what happens is she and Pele or whatever Swedish man they, like, assign her to marry uh, fall in love because they're so doped up and so indoctrinated and have no more tether to reality, they fall in some kind of weird psychedelic love, they get married, they have children, they raise those children in this cult, probably to grow up to do exactly what Pele did, mm-hmm. and then they uh, kill themselves when they're, like, 70, just like those grandparents did. 72. Just like those uh, old people did in the beginning okay, of the movie. Okay, but something I also realized is, are there any other relationships in this movie? Like, Pele mentions his there mom were... and dad, but, like, everyone sleeps in the same bed. Everyone, like, does everything for each other. Like, it's, like, communal, but also, like, separate. There were, um, there was one of Pele's friends that brought along another couple. I think they were, for, like, from London or something. Yes. But um, any couples in the cult? No. Um, I don't think so. I seem to remember that there were... It is very communitarian in the sense that, you know, monogamy is probably not a thing. Uh, but I do um, seem to remember that there were a couple of houses when raising children where perhaps the father and mother lived in the same, like, hut. Hmm. Um, like, I feel like I picked up on that... But even if it's... I would doubt that the cult is monogamous because most cults are not, and that's just because humans aren't naturally monogamous. Um, and they, rep- and they like, 
cults tend to like reflect like hunter-gatherer tradition, which was polyamorous. What's that look, Haley? I have a hangnail. <laughs> <laughs> that is the look she's giving. <laughs> um, that just hurts my feelings a little bit. I don't like to think about that. <laughs> We're conditioned to be monogamous, so it's like we in our society can probably follow monogamous. I'm monogamous, but uh, humans aren't supposed to be. Like, humans are not monogamous at all. I feel like I'm supposed to be. I cannot ever imagine caring about more than one person. Yeah, because you're indoctrinated <laughs> into monogamy. Oh, God. I'm gonna fight this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Outside the union. 9.30 p.m. Parking lot. 3 p.m. We can check what's eating uh, Evan's engine at the same time, too. Where's your parking lot? Wait. Oh, it's, <laughs> no. It's downtown. Like, right downtown. Uptown. Yeah. yeah we're your car's all the way there? Yeah. And it's I have just a dead spot. there? Yeah. Oh. Okay, if yeah. you have a parking spot. What is eating it? I like, have no clue. Did you pour Coca-Cola on your battery? No. Yeah, it's, it's supposed, supposed to get rid of the corrosion on the connectors. I'm sorry. Well, it's not yeah, a I, that's the one car thing I know. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> Thank you. I don't need no man to fix my battery. <laughs> okay, but overall, sorry, enough yes. about your car. Um, <laughs> what would you rate this movie? Out of, what is it, five stars? I don't remember what we do. I don't either. I think it's five stars. Yeah. Um, I'd say four. I like this movie. Four to four and a half. That's pretty high. It is pretty high. I enjoyed this movie. I would give this movie like a two and a half, maybe a three. I do think it's very beautiful and very well done, but a lot of it, it just doesn't really make any sense to me. And I don't know if that's because I'm, you know kind of stupid or like I just don't really look into things that often but uh it's just like not that like good of a movie like plot wise like Mm -hmm. and like when I watched it the first time I really thought it was going to be like something scary and something like like life altering like hereditary like I still get scared Mm -hmm. when I think about hereditary but um it just like did not have that for me no, That's they fair. definitely relied on shock and awe, which mm-hmm. I think was, you know, an artistic choice of the director in order to prove a point that he very clearly cares about. Yeah. And um, he did a good job carrying out that point. He did. I think there that... There are still images, like, frames in my mind. That I do. I'm thinking of that, that, like, the lungs with the... Oh, my God. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't watch that part. I literally just went into the covers, and I was like, tell me when yeah. it's over. Like, I'm going to vomit right now. <laughs> I think about the eyeball after the girl jumped off the cliff. Oh, yeah. no. Oh. Anyways, we know our reaction is going to be shocking off. He does. So I feel like when I first saw it, I was like, this is kind of really annoying because it was like hereditary. Like, why bring up all of these concepts that are alluded to, like, blend into the overall motif of the movie if you're not going to explain them? Um but I think that now watching it and perhaps being a little bit like snobbish now with like movies and symbolism, okay. um, I feel like that's purposefully done because the concepts that Ari Aster is trying to like give us insight to are concepts that occur within our day to day life. 
and the day-to-day lives of our family and friends and children if we choose to have them. Um, And the sad thing is that that concept or those concepts don't have explanations in real life. And so it's just as it's unsettling to watch it in a movie, to watch these things extrapolated into a movie that don't have explanations to the further plot point. Because when those things unextrapolated and simplified occur within real life, it's just as unsettling because they don't have explanations. You know, and so I think it's an artistic point of how like unfair and cruel life can be, especially when it comes to like indoctrination and cult rhetoric and religious uh, radical uh, beliefs and et cetera, et cetera. You know, and so because I understand that, I will give it a three point five because it is very artist artistic. I really like how the entire point of the movie is that you're being indoctrinated with Danny as well, and that proves a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand the greater thematic uh, concept and nuance that Ari Aster is exploring. Um, I just think that maybe it could have been done a bit better. Um, tying up loose ends does make for a good movie enjoyment, but it doesn't make for a good literary masterpiece. So he chose what he wanted, and it was not a good movie. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts? No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> this has been Jonna and Evan and Haley, and uh, we want to thank you. <laughs> We uh, want to thank you for playing the game. The game. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs>